Hello, podcast peeps, and welcome back to another episode of What's Up with Katie. It has been a while since I've done a single personal episode. And the truth is, I don't even know if this is going to be published, but I decided to come on and record because I feel like I have so much energy moving and a lot happening internally and externally, but just like I have a lot of thoughts right now. (laughs) And part of the reason that I created this podcast was for it to be a vehicle through which I explore my self-expression. This is not a podcast about experts. This is not a podcast about knowing everything. It is a place where I have created space to express in real time as I navigate this journey of life and my journey of life of like being a fully expressed woman. And so it's interesting because there's this narrative or this conversation around our responsibility as public creators, right? And, um, the, the reality is, yes, everything I put out into the world, I am responsible for. And in many ways, I am responsible in the sense for energetically, like what happens when people listen to my voice or my content, I am responsible for. But I am not like when people listen to my stuff, they are responsible for how they receive it as well, right? That's the kind of catch-22. It's like not about blame or um, fault, but it's like we are all responsible for what we say and what we consume. And we're in an era right now where there's been a lot of quote-unquote, canceling happening. And I think that that has really quieted a lot of people because I think there was a time where there was not a lot of responsibility or consideration for how our words have impacted people or impact people. And the pendulum always swings like hard, you know, it never just finds the perfect balance. And so what's happened in my experience is that the pendulum has swung to this place where, and to me, what, what it, when it really started in my perception and what I saw this conversation happening was around, um, the, uh, the race conversation that kind of really came up around George Floyd, where it was like, you know, we have to listen to people of color. And I think that there is absolutely a place for that. And already, right, like I can feel the alarm bells going off in my self-censoring mind right now as I start to even speak on these things because of 
the climate that we're in and these like rules that have been created that I'm going to talk about a little bit more in terms of like, don't always make sense, but I'm just going to ask that you bear with me as I, um, speak as you listen, because I may say things that might ping this automatic judgmental response. I may say things like, as soon as I say anything about the race conversation as a white person, that's going to ping people regardless, right? So um, I know that. And my request is that you hold yourself responsibly through receiving this transmission and allow allow those walls or those pings to happen and then see if you can just put them down for a second to listen deeper. It does not mean I want you to agree with me or um, discount your own beliefs or any of that stuff, right? But it's like, let's put down the sword for a minute. And if you feel yourself like hearing things where you can't, leave and come back. Like, I know that my message is only for a certain subsect of people. Like, that's just how life is, right? It's not for everyone. So um, I just, I'm, I'm saying that now because I know this is going to be touchy. But my also hope is that there's a space in which Critical thinking and exploration and questions can be had without attack, even if the attack just happens in your mind, right? Because sometimes our minds just automatically go to the attack. So I'm just saying that now because um, I'm going to touch on some things that are really delicate for a lot of people. And um, the reason I'm I'm recording this is because I know like it's just so clear to me that there is something in my like soul's path which ultimately also means that it's in my gifts at some point as I keep transmuting and 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 navigating this path but there's something in it about breaking free from a lot of this self-imposed um, or these self-imposed boxes on how to behave like a good human being. And I can feel where those boxes still live inside me. And I've been like breaking free of them for the last few years, but there's a lot more. And so part of this practice, part of singing this stuff out loud and recording myself and allowing myself to actually be heard in it is part of the process of like refinement for me because the truth is I'm not always going to get it right. I'm human. But what I do know is that anytime I speak out and there is friction or response back, it continues to refine and purify what is true. So either I have a major 
egoic death around my fuck up. And I, you know, see where I missed and that whatever was alive to create that dies and I'm like more anchored or I feel the distortion in the response that just reflects back how true it is, whatever I said. And it's, it anchors even more, you know, like, like we can't do all of this work behind the scenes. I know that my work is to be done in the physical world, which, um, is messy sometimes (laughs) and it sucks (laughs) and it's scary and I'm here for it. I'm willing because I think that there's this like fear that that is not real. And it's such a disservice to like live by that fear. And I'm really just really seeing how deeply I can trust my body and my knowing right now, because I mean, the biggest piece is like everything that happened with COVID. There was so much that I could just feel and I just knew without like my mind really having any clue what was going on around all of that. It was just pretty simple for me. And I spoke out sometimes, but not a lot. Because it didn't really, uh, it, it didn't really matter in my sphere at the time to like anyone but me, right? It was like my body, my choice. So I can just hold that. Didn't really confront a lot of issues with family or work, right? So like there wasn't a lot for me to actually be confronted about. But as I'm seeing everything that's coming out now, it's like, oh, yeah, I was just right. (laughs) You know, and I'm seeing I'm feeling the exact same thing happen again with some things that are happening in the world right now. And the difference in terms of what I see happening in the world right now is that there is it's not just about me. The and I mean, COVID wasn't either like what's happening. Like I can see that now, you know what I mean? But I can really feel it in a different way. This It's hitting me much closer to home because it deals with children and it deals with women. And as someone who's like my entire service and being here is I can like, and it has been for the last few years and it's continuing to develop is like really about embodiment and being in our bodies and connecting to the relationship to our bodies. Like I can't not care like that. That would be the biggest incongruence ever. But back to, um, I'm going to get to some of this stuff in a minute, but kind of back to what I was saying about the, um, what, what, what I started to see in the race conversation was this idea that, We need to listen more closely to the victims or the oppressed in order to 
figure out how to get out of the situation we're in with that specific group. Now, this is what I'm seeing with that. There is a place in which empathy and compassion is critical. Okay. And that is the place in which I see connecting with groups of people or specific people who are in pain to better understand their experience so that we can empathize is really important. I believe that is super important because it's important for us to see and be real with the pain that is here in our world. You're not with it. You're living in your own little bubble. However, we like, I think it's, you know, if we think about, think about being in an argument or you think about any type of like information now we know about trauma, right? Traumatized people and traumatized minds and traumatized souls are imprinted to react in certain ways to neutral stimuli. So think about, think about a perfect example that popped into my head. And, and I need to say, right, these are patterns that I'm talking about. I'm not talking about very specific situations here, okay? So like we're keeping this really high level. And I think it's important because it can be so easy to pull, be pulled into specific, like, well, what about this and this and this person and this? And it's like, just bear with me in this high level. I want you to just, just be with me in this. If you think about a dog that has been repeatedly hit, and then they get brought to a shelter, and then this beautiful, nice, loving family comes along, and they move towards the dog with their outstretched hand, you will see that dog potentially bite, growl, or cower in the corner. They have been trained to see through their pain, basically. They see through their pain, okay? That dog doesn't actually have the perspective when they're in that pain the same way when we are triggered in an argument we all know that like we actually can't come to a honest productive um, healthy way forward with someone while we're in the heat of an argument while we're in the triggered state okay we need to like move through that trigger, like re get back to a healthy, like balanced nervous system, calm ourselves down and then be able to look at things subjectively. I'm sure you guys have all had those arguments where you're in it with someone. And then the next day you guys are sitting there debriefing being like, where did we go wrong? Okay. I see this is what was happening here. And this is what, and it's from that place where you can like really say, this is what we need moving forward. I'm seeing in this conversation, which is very much sort of in the social justice paradigm, that we need to be listening to the victims about solutions. And the danger with that is that we are turning the solution 
forward over to people who are still very much in their pain and trauma. I also get the, like, educate yourself on how bad it is before you speak on it kind of narrative, which you see a lot of, like, it's so bad, like, fighting for this victimhood. As if the people who disagree with them are disagreeing because they don't care. So it becomes this attack on someone's compassion or morality versus seeing a differing opinion on how we move forward. And that is not how we make major consciousness shifting, society shifting change. We hold the ground with compassion and we listen and we invite, but we trust our own compass in terms of whether or not we are good. We don't base our goodness on the opinions of those who are hurting. And I think that's one of the traps that people have fallen in in the last few years is we've begun to question our goodness because of the opinions of hurting groups of people. And when that starts to happen, there becomes a very big lack of self-trust and then a very big lack of ability to hold ground around truth and we get swept up into everyone else's perception of their personal reality and this is why I think my arrival in these spots and seeing this is is deepening right now because my relationship with my body is deepening and there are certain things that I can just feel And I'm telling you the things that I can feel. Sometimes my mind is like, oh, fuck. No, Katie. Really? You really, really want to say that? <laughs> like, I don't, you know, I really don't. And, and the hardest thing is, is like, there are people like, I mean, last year, like I lost two friends who, I mean, they were no longer friends by the time this happened, but like, I got brutally attacked, <laughs> And just like anger spewed at me based on a comment that I made around gun laws in the United States. And here's where the the lessons are for me, right? It's like, I will take full responsibility for my lack at the time that I said the statement that I did, it was vague and I didn't fully understand or I didn't fully realize the weight of what that statement could elicit in someone So I could have shared it better. Okay. So that's where like my learning is. However, what happened was even when I acknowledged that and clarified directly to the people who reacted to me, they didn't give a shit. Like they were so off already on their projection of me that it didn't matter. 
And so that was where there was like a lot of refinement and alchemy for me because it was extremely painful to be seen in the way that they saw me. And like some of the things they shared in terms of like what they believed about me and my beliefs, like really rocked me, especially because it was from people who had known me for a very long time and they're gone. But they're gone, like, how do I say this? They're so, they were so angry and in their own world that, like, they couldn't see me. And I can't be in relationships with people who can't see beyond their own trigger. That's just not the kind of relationships I'm available for. I'm available for relationships that transcend belief systems and ideologies and are based on connection and an underlying trust of someone's goodness. So it was right for those relationships to shift out of my life. So there was learning for me in how I expressed, but I, I haven't changed what I believe. And it didn't change the outcome. In fact, it actually cleared my field from people who didn't, who weren't truly there for me to begin with. And this is why to me, self-expression is so important because it, it actually makes space for what is more aligned and truly aligned for you. But when we're conditioned to want to belong and to be liked and to be good, that process is painful. (laughs) There's no way around it because it involves losing people. It involves being called names. It involves a whole bunch of shit that we are, we don't like. It's like our egos fucking hate and our little children and our children hate. And it's human. So I'm noticing in this social justice sort of paradigm, right? First of all, like the social justice paradigm is centered around the victim. It's centered around victimhood. And in order to continue to exist, there will always, like that paradigm to exist, there will always need to be a victim, Right. So it's like the victim then becomes the oppressor and then becomes the victim, then becomes the oppressor and then becomes the victim. And it's like this back and forth where nobody is truly free and sovereign. And so that is a like that narrative and conversation and paradigm is one I don't participate in. And um, I think that's where a lot of the divide is right now, where there are people speaking about things and those who are in that social justice paradigm immediately label them as oppressor or group or hateful group or people who don't care about others' pain. And it's not that at all. I deeply care about people's pain. But their pain is not going to be 
what instructs me and my beliefs around how we build our society or how we make government, major government decisions. Because when we make major decisions just to appease pain, right, just to stop the pain, we just create an opportunity for that pain to come back in a different way down the line. It doesn't actually solve the problem. That's what we ran into with COVID and the vaccines, right? We need an immediate solution, but we're not going to talk about the reason that we are so sick as a society and so many people are so deeply affected by this illness Not even to get into the whole how this came to be in the first place, but right. But you saw where it was like immediate pain and, you know, the same conversation around. It's like me saying, I don't believe in mandatory vaccines because I have a value around sovereignty and people's right to choose what they do with their body. Right. So I, I hold that. And someone tries to argue that by saying, but you don't have anyone in your life that died of COVID. You should talk to someone who's lost a family member. You should talk to someone who's on the front lines with how bad this is. As if that that amount of pain will shift a fundamental value that I have. Do you see how that doesn't work and actually is not Like you're not having the same conversation. I'm just thinking, I'm like, do I even get into this whole movement that I'm watching and feeling things with? And I mean, I think that I do. Because um, I think it's something for us to pay attention to. It's not something for us to get swept up in, but to pay attention to. And that's what I'm seeing around the trans movement right now. And let me just say, when I say trans movement, I'm not talking about specific transgendered people who want to get surgery or who want to transition. I'm talking about the mass like trans activists movement. And I would say a lot of people, like from what I've been seeing, a lot of people in this movement are not trans themselves. They're just in this movement. Okay, so I'm speaking about this mob. All right. Um, and this umbrella that has like encompassed way more than people who have gender dysphoria and identify as trans. Like now the people who are identifying as trans goes way beyond what it ever has been. So it's really this movement around gender identity, I guess you could say. And um, I'm not even really going to talk about like my beliefs around it right now. But what I do want to say is like there's some really concerning things happening within that around children and around women. And what I'm, I'm not even interested in like 
sharing those yet. Uh, I'm sure I will at some point and I'm, I do on my social media a little bit, but what I'm noticing is like, again, the responses to what I have to say about this are so clearly like affirming what I'm feeling around the amount of trauma that lives in, in this group of people and reminding myself that like, I can't stop standing for what I believe in because someone's trauma makes them really, really mean. And that's something that I just want to also encourage other people to really feel into because This group, from what I've experienced, and I might, I'm just lumping them into a group, right? It's the group isn't trans people. The group isn't, it's, it's not a specific identity other than those who identify as like the angry social justice mob, I guess. But like, it's just this, there's an energy. You can feel it where there's so much name calling and there is so much um, projection of their pain onto other people. And I know, and it's, this, it's the same, same energy in any type of like cancel culture attack. And I have really good friends who have been canceled. Well, you can't really cancel them. They're not canceled. But they, people tried to cancel them and brought them down for a good year and a half. Big, big crash and the shit these people were saying it's like really fucking mean and this is what I want like I want to point to because their whole narrative is that they're these major victims and everyone else is so mean and hateful but if you really look at like where is the hate actually coming from like you can just feel it And I posted a video on TikTok that was encouraging women to really like feel into their bodies when it comes to like what they're kind of noticing. If they're noticing things in this conversation that doesn't feel right, but they're feeling like nervous to speak up to like really tap into their body and feel the truth in their bodies because that is where the truth lives. And to look at some of the major patterns that are happening also around who's funding a lot of this activism, who's funding the studies, who's benefiting from this group's pain, right? These are all things to be looking at. And so I shared this video and someone stitched the video back with their thoughts. And what I had said is that traumatized minds will see evil in places it does not exist. And so for us to not allow that projection to steer us off our truth, okay? I'm just going to play for you the response I got back from my video. So this is someone who saw my video and then made a video about my video, okay? That, that sentence is literally gaslighting 101 there, narcissist. I'm terrified for your children. You are not the victim, Sharon. It is horrifying 
that you have a podcast. It's the oppress me harder daddy for me. It's the I'm a fragile cishet woman for me. It's the I'm not relevant in this conversation because I don't know how to love people with my Christianity for me. You don't, you don't want an explanation. That's why you're literally telling other women in your video how to gauss, gaslight victims. Like you do. Is that what you do to your fucking kids? All right. So just feel that in your body right now. I want to really check in to feel how that felt. take a deep breath don't also do not let that energy in like let feel what that felt like and clear it okay I, I do this fucking all the time <laughs> snap your fingers clear it breathe it out but that right there I mean doesn't even matter what they said Although they did name, call me like 16 names, basically, in the span of like 35 seconds. Um, but that is not a healthy, embodied, okay person. That shows how much pain there is. But I am not about to adopt their pain into how I see myself or communicate or hold myself or what I believe. But it's that right there that, I mean, it literally just proved my point. And so... We just need to be really aware of who we're listening to when it comes to our own barometer for truth and expression. Because I'll tell you, even six months ago, that would have really probably shook me. I know there are a lot of women who, who would have heard that and just shrunk We cannot let it shrink us. And to not let it shrink us doesn't mean that their pain doesn't exist, right? Like to me, it's like we are all on the same page about the amount of trauma and pain right now, especially in the groups who are like screaming for attention, but just bowing down to their bullying and quieting ourselves to their name calling and just blindly following their requests for what they want in order to fix this is not the answer. There is something deeper and bigger we need to look at. So I think that's where I'm going to leave it. And 
This isn't an invitation for hate in any way. And it's funny that I even have to say this. Because I was told by someone that if I shared some of my views publicly, which I mean, I haven't even really yet, but that like I was going to incite violence, right? Which is another form of control and fear mongering, basically. It's this like cancel mob, like... Um, I think it's pretty clear those of you who listen to my podcast know that this isn't a, a hate back, right? This is like uh, pulling ourselves out of this trench and to pull ourselves out of the trench, we cannot be in this deep self-hatred or guilt or shame. We actually have to get through that to be able to make real embodied responsible change in our world. It's part of the full arc. So, yeah, it's what I have to say on this right now based on kind of what I'm navigating and feeling into and, um, Let me know if this resonates. And here's what I will say. I am not interested in debate about beliefs or topics. I'm not interested. And if anyone comes to me with that kind of energy, you will not get a response by any any stretch. I don't care who you're actually even talking about. If you come to me with that kind of energy about that group that I'm talking about, no. Like, this is not about any particular group. Okay, I am here for expression and truth. I am here for open-hearted conversation. And open-hearted conversation does not mean coddling. It does not mean, oh, oh, oh. It's like, I mean, anyone who knows me, there can be love. Anyone in my life knows how fucking loving I am. And every single person knows that I'm going to give it to them straight. And I know that I'm going to fuck up, right? Like all of these things are true, but that is not going to stop me from trying. It's not going to stop me from speaking. And I hope it doesn't stop you either. I hope it doesn't stop you from having these conversations. And I'll tell you the only way that I'm actually able to engage in any type of these conversations is because of the connection I have with my body. It is because I am letting her guide me. I am feeling her. I am feeling my womb. I am feeling my pussy. Tell me. Stay the course, Katie. Root down. Don't get hooked in or pulled into the big back and forth. So your body knows the way. If you can hear her. <laughs>